Hey everyone, it's Pastor Jacob. Hope this message gives you encouragement, perspective, and revelation from God to give to others. Also, don't forget to follow us on our Instagram page, Fusion Student Media, and also follow me on Instagram, at Jacob underscore Malasa underscore. We hope you enjoyed the message. So for our final week, week four in our series, Stay, We've been going through this series about staying consistent and faithful with your walk with God. And not just your walk, but even in your lifestyle, the fruit of what comes out of your life. And the first few weeks I've been talking about prayer, I've been talking about staying consistent in your word, and I also talked about staying connected in church. For this week, the title of this one is called Stay Engaged in Service. Stay, and I'm not talking about like this, like don't fall asleep. Obviously don't fall asleep in service, but what I'm saying is, is about... Oh, I'm talking about service, but I want to talk about something very specific. I want to talk about a gift that you have. So I'm going to give a little short story about it. So a while back when I got my first job, I I kind of I was kind of excited for this. It's nothing major, but it was something kind of big to me is at, when I was younger is I got my first like I bought my first Xbox one. Like that was the coolest thing that was ever like I never bought something like that before. Right. So when I purchased it. My brother kept asking me all the time, like, can I play it? Like, while you're at work, can I play it? And I said, no, it's mine. When, you buy, when I buy something that's mine, it's mine. You can't touch it, right? So I told him no, like, thousands of times. And I felt kind of bad at first, but then I was like, nah, he'll get over it. It's fine. But karma hit me because the dude got a PS4 for free, basically. And once he had that, that was kind of my original intent to buy that, but my cousin kind of deceived me in a way. Well, I gave in, but... It's, it is what it is. But but it was kind of a karma on me because I had a gift that I could have shared. Even though I bought it for myself, I could have shared it. I could have let him play and stuff while I was at work. It wasn't a bother to anyone. But a gift is much sweeter when you share it with others. I've realized that not just in ministry, but in everything else in my life. When I share something with someone, it's something that's a gift, personal, like a big gift, it makes it sweeter. And that's what I want to talk about. All of you have a specific gift that God's given you. And when I say that, it could be a talent. It could be something you're just really good at. It could be like music. It could be athletics. It can be counseling, whatever. You, you name it, whatever God's called you to. But the gift is not as sweet when you're not sharing it with others. So I want to talk about your gift specifically for these next three points about talking about how you serving others with your gift is significant. The first thing I want to talk about is God's gift to you is to use. God's gift to you is to use. 1 Peter, 10, 11, uh, 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11 says this, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace and in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as the one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides. So in all things, may God be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. So he's saying that whatever gift you receive, you use it to serve others. It's a true, it's, it's truly cool. It's really cool when you think about what type of gift or talent you have that you can give to somebody else. God has given you some kind of gift to use in his kingdom. We try to believe sometimes that that gift is just for us. That that gift that God's given us is only for us to consume. When we think that our gifts are put for us, it's the complete opposite. 
Our gift is meant to bring blessings and light to others who are struggling. Let the Lord use your gift to others. No matter what gift that is, God will use it. Because that's the one thing that we hate. We think that our gift is inconvenient. We think our gift has some type of non-benefit to anyone else, and we feel like it's not as important. God uses whatever he wants. So when you think about your gift, God can use that specifically for someone in your life. And that's where I get into my second point. Your gift ain't going to be flashy. That's the one thing that we do not like, is that our gift, or when we serve, it's not flashy. Because here's the one thing I want to show you, because Jesus represented this in a powerful way, because you wouldn't expect that. You wouldn't expect Jesus to do something like this, but he did. In John 13, 1 through 17, it's a longer passage. But in verse 13, it says, It was just before the Passover festival, Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas. Basically, the devil had already possessed Judas to portray Jesus. Verse 3, Jesus knew that the Father had put all under his... Wait, let me rephrase that. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So you see right there, Jesus has all the power under his hand. He is the most significant human being to live on this planet and have all the power under heaven in his hand. Everything was under his power. But look at verse 4 is what he did. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin, kind of like a bowl, and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. He said to Simon Peter, he's, uh, he came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, I, you do not realize what I am doing, but later you will understand. So he's giving a foreshadowing of what washing his, washing their feet represents. It's the washing of whatever mistake or sin you've made. Jesus has washed it. And that's the encouragement I think some of us don't hear a lot is even though you've messed up, God still washes your feet no matter what. Because it comes to a point where even though it sucks and you've messed up and you've sinned, in the forgiveness of all of that, God still washes your feet. And that's where you have to accept that because you can't, it can't just be given to you. You have to accept that. You have to accept that Jesus is willing to wash your feet. And so that's the encouragement I want to give to you in this moment because God had kind of spoken that to me before service is that are you going to let him wash them? Are you going to let him cleanse what you have created as a dysfunction? Verse 7, Jesus, well, it, same thing. Jesus replied, do not, you do not realize what I'm doing. Verse 8 says, no, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. And what that shows me is that if I don't fully surrender and let him wash what he needs to wash, I have no part of him. If I don't let him clean or flush out what I need him to flush out, no, I have no part of that. And so that's the danger of living in a lifestyle where you're fully corrupted with the sin that you deal with, is that it'll cause you to become no part of Jesus. Then the Lord, uh, then Lord said Simon Peter, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Verse 10, Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean and you are clean. 
though not every one of you. Verse 11, for he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to the place. Do you not understand what I have done for you? He asked them. He said, you call me teacher and Lord, and rightfully so, that is what I am. For I have set an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor the messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, watch this, you will be blessed if you do them. You will be blessed if you do them. Serving brings blessings. Not in the blessings that you think, but in the blessings that you need. Serving brings blessing. We wouldn't expect to serve like that. We think we have to show off our gifts or when we serve and we got to show it off. But Jesus is showing the complete opposite. Serving in this capacity is not easy and it's not the best looking. We often look at the flashy ways to serve that will look best to us in front of others. But Jesus models service by doing the thing no one else wants to do. And it was far below him. It was far below his pay grade. He's the son of God. He's the word of God. He walked on water and he's doing something that's lower than him. But he did it with joy. He did it with joy. If you want to experience the most blessing you can from God, it will come from serving others. There's a great reward in that. Because here's the thing. We think blessings just fall in the lap, which it does a lot of the times. But service really brings this type of blessing that only God can give. Now, obviously, you're not going to, if you help a lady with her groceries, you're not going to get a PS5. That's not the case. <laughs> they want a PS5. Like, that's not, that's not a full reality of what, how God's going to do it. God blesses in a way that he knows he needs to bless you in. So when you serve others, blessing comes behind it. And that's my third point. Third and final point is service is rewarded by God. Luke 6.38 says this, Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Service is always rewarded by God. You may not see it immediately. Because it takes time. God, God doesn't show things immediately. Sometimes we get really impatient when it comes to rewards. But what I want to tell you is, is that you do this for the Lord and not for others. You do this for God and not recognition. You do this for the Lord and not for others. That is something that will, you, if you did it for others, you would be completely disappointed over and over. Because you try to do this for that person, you try to do that for that person, and then you don't get recognized. That is where God comes in. When you do it for the Lord, when you do it unto God, nothing else matters. So when I say serving, it could be in here, it could be at your school, it could be at a job that you'll get in the future. That's where God comes in. Because when you do it for the Lord, then nothing else matters. Nothing else will work. Because let me tell you something. Like I said, if you try and do it for others, it doesn't work that way. If you serve others to be noticed by others, you'll be disappointed. If you do it to serve others, you're not going to get a true reward out of it. But that's where God says, if you do it for me, the blessing will be much greater than what you think the blessing will be. God is always faithful to bless those who serve others. And so now you ask yourself, where should you be serving? What, God, what gift has God gifted you? 
Are you willing to obey whatever God calls you to? I remember two years ago when, uh, when I was in school and we were having our prayer moments and stuff like that. And I was really afraid to ask God what's next because I didn't know how he was going to use me. That's the one fear that you have when you get into prayer is when you ask God, God use me, but you have no idea what he's going to do. It's, it's, like a, it's like a spinning wheel. He'll just do whatever he needs you to do, but you don't know what he's going to let you do it for. So I was really afraid. So I said, God, use me. But not in a way that I just said it, that I believed it. You have to let, it's not just your yes, that's a surrender. It's your heart that's a surrender. When you surrender, God, when you surrender all of that to the Lord, then he can really use you. He can't just use you when you say, fine, yes, I get it, whatever, I'll do it. He wants your full surrender when you say yes. And that's where you ask God, where are you calling me to? What hard things can you do in the service for the kingdom of God? Is it loving your enemy? Is it praying for those who hurt you? Is it working in a sound booth, being in worship? Is it running a life group? Is it helping in nursery, whatever that looks like? Even not, just Maybe even outside of church, whatever that looks like. Are you willing to serve in a way that you surrender that? Instead of just feeling like I got to go back again on a Sunday, work this Sunday, do that, do this. When you do it out of a healthy surrender, then there's more joy into doing it. Because let me tell you something. If I didn't pursue the Lord in saying, God, use me and have him in the surrender, I wouldn't be doing this. I would think, oh, it's just another sermon. Oh, it's just another Wednesday. Oh, I'm going to have to hang out with the students again. That, that is a bad mentality. Because if I think that all the time, nothing would get done here. If I thought about that all the time, none of this would be happening. If I thought to myself, it's just another Wednesday, it's just another Sunday, then I have failed what God's calling me to do. I don't do this for the recognition. I'm doing it because God told me to. I'm doing it because God's called me to this. And when God calls you to it, it makes it that much better, that much sweeter, and that much greater for you. Not just for everybody else, but for you and what God's called you to. This week, I want to challenge you with this before I close. Try a new way to serve. Do something out of your comfort zone. And I don't just mean just any kind of comfort zone. I mean, do it out of a fleshly comfort zone. Get out of that, that mentality of this is going to be uncomfortable physically. When you ask God, God, give me a comfort that's beyond what I can feel, then you'll be able to do it. Because spiritually, you're comforted. Like, like I, can, I can tell you this right now. I'm confident preaching this. I'm fine on this stage, but physically, I'm so anxious right now. I'm anxious on the inside. I've learned how to control it, but I'm anxious on the inside. And it's the same thing with worship. It's the same thing with like probably life groups or whatever. When someone speaks, you feel that, that rush of like, uh, what, what if I say something wrong? Or what if they look at me funny? When you get past that and you get past the feeling of feeling awkward or feeling like it's not like significant or like crazy cool, you get to push through that and you actually get to do what God's really telling you to do. When you get out of that comfort zone, it helps you to push through that. It helps you to push through that. It's not necessarily in your inventory to like actually do that but simply be present have a heart to serve be present and have that heart apply that to this week 
if you feel, and this is just, this is obviously just coming from me, but if you feel like like Jacob, I really want to serve somewhere. I really want to try something out. Let me and the leaders know. Like seriously, it's not just to push you into something. It's if you have a desire to do it, let us know and I will get you into it. Because that was the one thing that I needed was a push. That's the one thing that God gave me from others was a push to do it. I didn't do ministry until I was really pushed to do it. I ran life groups as a student, which was funny because I don't have any students running a life group, basically. But, but I ran life groups when I was here, and it gave me a push to actually do it. It gave me a push to actually do something that God had called me to. Tell God you'll serve wherever he calls you to. And ask him what you what he wants you to do. That's where faith comes in. Because you don't know what to do. But if you ask God what to do, he's going to show you in the way he, that he needs to show you. You have an invitation to participate in his kingdom. Are you willing to open up your heart and call to it? I want to have everybody's head bowed and eyes closed. You can turn off the lights. Let me have Treve on the acoustic. Can you do that for me, bro? So, I want to take this moment because... The one thing that I realized that before you could ever serve, you need to be fed. Before you could ever really pour into something that you're serving in, you have to pour, God has to pour into you. But some of us, you're like, you know, you have the desire, you're like, Jacob, I want to serve. I have a desire, but I feel so dry. I feel so dry. I feel so worn out. I feel like I can't because I'm, I don't have the skill or I don't have the, the, the right stuff to do it for. That doesn't matter. God can provide that. He just wants your surrender. He wants your surrender for you to be fed. That's the one thing that you're missing. That's the one thing that is missing in your life is you're not letting God feed you spiritually. In the, in the Gospels, there was this Samaritan woman at the well. And Jesus had showed up and said, woman, I'm thirsty. But he tricked her in that way of saying, really, she was the bucket and Jesus was the living water. And she was dry for so long that... She just, because here was the one thing, Samaritan woman, a, a Samaritan was one of the worst people in the Bible in, in Jewish time. So they didn't really care about the Samaritans. And another thing back in then, it was a woman as well. And women weren't as respected then. And so Samaritan and a woman, and then Jesus as a Jewish man walked up to her and said, I'm thirsty. But he wanted her to realize that you being fed is you need a fountain moment you need a living water moment i feel like god's calling some of y'all to be fed again because before you could ever have the desire to serve you have to have the desire to be fed again and that means you need a refreshing from the lord tonight i mean this morning you need a refreshing from the lord and with every head bowed and every eye closed i want to give you all this moment if that's you if you have that moment, it could be anybody in here. You could have that moment of, I really want to serve in this area, but I feel like I'm really not connected with God as much because I've been so dry. Well, God wants to meet you wherever you are. 
So I want to take this moment on the count of three. If that's you, if you feel like you're really dry and you need a refreshing from God, that you need God to flush out some things in your life that's holding you back. Because with a refreshing comes the flushing. Comes the, 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 the push through of all the stuff that's bothering you, all the, all the toxic things, all the sinful things you deal with, all the, all the dysfunction. God wants to flush that through. If that's you, I want to give you a chance to raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. You need a refreshing from God. See those hands. You need a refreshing. See the hands. Because you can serve with a physical mentality, a logical mentality, but without the Spirit of God, serving is not as powerful as it can be when God's in your heart and in your life. So whoever raised their hands, I want you to throw both of your hands up as a sign of surrender. And I want to pray a refreshing over you. Even the people who didn't, you might still need that. Because you need a refreshing every day. It's not just in this moment. It's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. You need God 24-7. Because without Him, you lack everything. You lack all things when you don't have God in your life. So I want to give you this moment. I want to pray a refreshing over your heart and your life. So Father, we come before you. Lord, we are asking, Lord, for a refreshing, Father. Lord, not just some type of some type of spiritual moment or whatever, but Lord, we ask that you fill us up this week. Father, we ask, Lord, that we have a fresh fire and a fresh anointing over our lives as we continue to do the things you're calling us to do. Lord, if you're calling us to serve, put us there. If you're calling us to do things, put us there. If you're calling us to speak, put us there, Father. Whatever, let our surrender be our heart and not just our words. We don't just say yes, Father. We believe in our heart with our yes. So, Father, we ask, Lord, everyone in here, that you flush any type of sinful desire, any type of toxic place, any type of atmosphere that is killing them on the inside, Father, I pray that you wash it clean in the name of Jesus. Father, that you're bringing them into a refreshing season. Lord, they're out of the desert. And Lord, they're brought into new life. That they're brought into a new season where they're refreshed. They have more joy. They're more peaceful. They have a lot more strength to carry on throughout the week. Father, I pray that you continue to refresh them throughout this week. But Lord, give them the desire to seek your face this week. Father, we ask, Lord, for a refreshing. And Lord, fill us up with your spirit, your living water that never runs dry. Holy Spirit, come down on us. And let us receive what you're calling us to. Yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Come down on us and let us receive what you have for us. You're being refreshed. You're being refreshed. And if it's hard to receive it right now, There's a work within you that God's trying to... If it's hard to receive a refreshing, then there's something in your life that's holding it back. And you know what it is. You're not blind to it. You know what's wrong and what's right. But you know what is in the way of stopping you from receiving that refreshing.
So Father, I ask, Lord, anything that's in the way, Lord, get it out the way. Get it out of their life. Get it out of their their home, out of their situation. Whatever's holding them back from doing what what you've called them to do, Lord, get it out the way. It's not worth it. God's telling you guys in here that it's not worth whatever is going on, whatever you're making the decision about, it's not worth it. If it's a decision, if it's a sin, if it's something that's that's toxic, that's bothering you, Lord, the Lord is saying, my son, my daughter, it is not worth it making that decision. It's not That sin is not worth it. I'm more worth it. God is saying, I'm more worth it than that. So Father, we receive what you are speaking. We receive, Lord, that it is not worth it. That whatever's caught in our lane, Lord, it's not worth the refreshing that's about to come, Father. Lord, flush out any type of sin. Flush out any type of, of dysfunction that's holding us back, Lord, that's causing us to die on the inside, Father. We pray that you are refreshing our hearts and you're flushing out all the bad and you're bringing in the new. Yes, God. We ask for this. We ask for this, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.